Oh. All right. Good morning, everyone. Um, glad to see that you have made it through the snow and we're making it in. Um, all right. Um, Lord, we thank you for, for this day you've given us. Um, Lord, may you, may you meet us um, today and uh, may we engage in you. Take my place 
right. Good morning. Welcome to Genesis. For those of you who are here in the sanctuary and those of you who are on Zoom or Facebook. So we're glad you're here today. I am get to lead testimony time. And this is just a time where we say if you've had a God sighting this week, if there's somewhere where you felt that God has shown up for you or where God has brought someone in your life, just something that we can say to encourage one another as we go through this life together. So if you have one on Zoom, um, you can post in the chat and we will have you highlighted. And if you have one here, you could just raise your hand. And while you guys are thinking of yours, I'll start with what mine is this week. Um, 
So I just, I, a lot of you guys know that I um, counsel people as a job and that it has been very, very heavy lately. Um, people's mental health is not good, as you know. And um, January is difficult typically for people with mental health, let alone during this time with the pandemic. And so I've just felt kind of wrestling with like, God, are, is your power big? Are you, can you do this? Like, why aren't you moving more? Why aren't you healing more? So just feeling like the darkness is winning a lot. Um, and it's interesting as I wrestle um, on the weekdays, Bo leads every day at Z- on Zoom at 9 a.m. He leads uh, where we read through the Bible and we pray together and anyone's welcome to do it. But I always feel it's not a coincidence that certain things in the devotion time minister to me and where I'm wrestling. And so this past week, there was a psalm that he read, um, the Psalm 13, and it says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemies triumph over me? But then it goes on to say, But I trust in your unfailing love, My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. And it's not, I don't feel like I'm the one wrestling. I feel like everyone around me is wrestling, and therefore it causes me to wrestle. And so I just, the... The ambivalence of the of, of this the psalm where he goes from like why why where are you show up and then but I still trust you like I know that you are the person um, that's that has salvation and that you have been good to me and so we call those dialectics holding two truths that are opposite at the same time um, and then the beautiful part was then that we we're we're reading in um, John is the book that we're in right now and I think it was the next day. It was when Jesus was telling everybody, telling the crowds, like, I am the bread of life. You have to eat of me and drink of me for salvation, right? It was like this radical teaching, and a lot of people left. A lot of disciples, like his larger group of disciples, left. And so it says, from that time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. And so Jesus then turned to his 12 disciples, his closest, and he says, do you want to leave too? And Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. And so even in my wrestle, it's like, like, do I want to leave? Do I want to walk away from God saying, like, I don't trust you. I don't see you moving in my clients' lives or in the lives of some people around me. Like, there's so much illness and sickness and brokenness. And yet, like, I would reply just like Simon Peter. Like, Lord, to whom will I go? Like, you are the one that has the words of eternal life. We know you are the Holy One of God. And so... I just am thankful that as I wrestle, like, God is not afraid of my wrestling, and that he even shows up through scripture most of the time just to reassure and comfort, and um, so that's my testimony, is just that scripture can be the place that we can find hope um, when lots is failing, so. Hi, I'm Bonnie. Um, I've been trying to be present and available for God's voice. Um, And this week I had, you just said if God showed up this week, so God really showed up for me. Um, I had a chance to serve a neighbor, and it was mostly, I was not too afraid to step into it because I'm trying to be present and available. So I had the chance to go and help my neighbor little girl who needed help and then serve her family in that. And I can tend to be held back by fears, but 
I was able to step in. I'm super thankful I was there. Love that. Yep. When we can be available, God can use that for sure. Anybody on Zoom? Oh, anyone else? Okay. I think I'll turn it back to the band. the throne of God above.
have some announcements. Good morning. Welcome to Genesis. My name is Allison Kneza, and I have some announcements this morning. So first of all, we're asking everyone to keep their masks on while in the building. Uh, so just practice that sip and cover if you've got coffee or something. Um, we're all getting really good at that. Um, and as you can see, we are preparing to host the Warming Center. So it starts tonight, and we'll be hosting for 14 nights. We'll have up to 20 guests sleeping in the building every night. We'll be providing snacks, coffee, friendly faces, warmth, safety, and grab-and-go breakfasts every day. We will also have showers available for guests 15 times over the next four weeks. If you came in the back door, you saw the WAVE Project shower truck is already here. Genesis volunteers, alongside uh, other volunteers from Cana Lutheran Church in Berkeley and uh, Kensington Church in Birmingham, will host the guests for the next two weeks. After that, a separate group of volunteers will come in to our space from Berkeley Community Church and Shrine, and they'll continue to use our space to host the guests. So that's why the showers will take place over the next four weeks, because the guests will be here in total for four weeks. Thank you to everyone who has signed up already. We really appreciate it, and we could not do it without your help. If you haven't signed up yet, there are still some opportunities, especially January 29th and beyond. If you want to step into a spot that's most needed, any spot where there's more than one volunteer uh, space available is, is open, uh, is a great place to go. And then specifically, we are looking for some second shift overnight hosts. We need uh, at least one tonight, and then um, we need a couple of hosts very early on Tuesday, February 1st and Thursday, February 3rd. We could also use some shower help on Sunday, February 13th, and Friday, February 18th. And then uh, we, have, we need several more people for teardown, which is gonna happen on Saturday morning, February 19th. All of those spots are on the Sign Up Genius. You can also stop by uh, the boards in the lobby after uh, service, and I'm happy to help you sign up, answer questions, give you more info. We also have a new opportunity that we haven't talked about a lot, and that is on weekends during the day. The guests normally have to be outside in the cold during the day on Saturdays and Sundays. But a group from Genesis wants to be able to offer them an opportunity to stay in our building on the weekends during the day. To do that, we need some more help, uh, specifically Saturday afternoon, January 29th, Sunday, February 6th, Saturday afternoon, February 12th, and Sunday, February 13th. Uh, you can also look for the sign-up link if you're online on the Genesis Facebook page or the weekly email blast. There was also a text that came out this week, so there's lots of places to find that link. Um, but if you're in person, you can also just come see me. And just a reminder, if you've signed up to be a second shift host, um, please make sure to set your alarm. Uh, you don't want to disappoint that first shift host team who is anxiously awaiting your arrival at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, Last but not least, please continue to uh, be praying for the guests and the volunteers. Um, we do anticipate there will be some challenges with COVID that are unexpected. So pray for peace, pray for, um, per for sustenance, uh, and just pray that we are able to uh, continue to host over these next coming weeks. All right. Now, stand up, say hello to someone, and swap some tips on how you're staying, you are staying warm on these very frigid days.
Good morning. Hey, welcome. Thanks for being in the snow. Thanks for being in your homes on Zoom. Thanks for being on Facebook. It's good to be with you this morning. Hearing Allison talk about the warming center, whether it was for one person or for a hundred, can you think of a more beautiful way to use a space? You think a more appropriate way for a space to be used and for people to be stepping in in order to love people at the overflow of the love of Jesus to welcome without judgment, all of us knowing without the grace of God we would be in trouble. And then longing and praying that something powerful might happen in us in our guest to bring us all freedom and transformation. I love the language of mutual transformation. Meaning that we are all in need of it. And that's my hope. That myself, that you, that our guests could be transformed. Could experience more life to the miraculous, self-giving nature of Jesus. So may that be. So I want to thank you for the gifts of your time, of your energy, and those who are stepping in in order to serve in that way. If you're, if you're like me, I'm limited. I'm limited in my ability to be able to step in and to help. And so maybe, that, maybe that's you. You feel like, okay, I can't do an overnight, so I can't. But there's other ways that you can help. And so maybe all look for that opportunity, that invitation to go with others and to join in. Thank you for the gifts that you're giving. For those of you are giving underwear, and I think you can give socks. You can go on Amazon right now at the push of a button. You can order things in order just to be kind and gracious and generous for somebody who would show up. Thank you for those of you who just continued to support the ministry in the local context of a local church through giving offerings to God, tithes to God, who open up and be generous. So thank you for that provision. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for that kindness. And so if you, if you have a pattern of do that, you can drop it in the box. You can go online and do it. But let me pause and give thanks to God for God's provision. And so, Lord, every good gift is from you. You give breath. You give life. You teach. You bring salvation. You give resources and energy. You give strength to the weak. You give us families and friends. You give us your spirit. You give us forgiveness and adoption. Thank you, God. Thank you for the gifts. May they be used for the gifts that are given here, for this building, for this space, for the resources. Be used, God, in a way that brings you credit, glory, and honor. Where you're seen, let it be multiplied, even the small that's given. Show up with your power. Lord, for those who are in need here, who come in with illness, sickness, financial trouble, despair, heaviness, Holy Spirit, come and meet. Move where you would like. We consent. For those who are in their homes on Zoom, there is no hindrance to you moving there. To those who are on their homes on Facebook, there is no hindrance to you moving there. So Holy Spirit, pour upon the people 
by your generosity and goodness. And we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glad you're here. We're talking about curiosity. And I think being curious about being human is some of the best parts of life. This is a part of being human. The way that God has wired us and moved us. And this morning, I just want to talk briefly about being curious about God. Being curious about who God is and curious about the scriptures and the revelations. That we could be a people who be curious. The Eastern Orthodox, which if you know about church history and, and of that, they branched off. Um, there, was a, there was a divide between the church, I think at 1,000. In the year 1,000, there was the big schism and there was a divide. But it, it was a, it's a historic move. The Eastern Orthodox, when they talk about knowing God and those who have been a part of their tradition and the oldest in the tradition, they use this language. So those who have sought Jesus and learned and pursued Jesus and read the scriptures, they always use this language. I'm beginning to know God. I'm beginning. And that posture continues to create this spirit of curiosity. Not of arriving, because how could you arrive at trying to know the infinite? Trying to know the creator of all things. But they understand us this posture of curiosity and humility. We're beginning to know God. And they lean in. And so today, what's your curiosity like with God? Is it still hungering? Do you feel like you're beginning and longing? Or it's like, no, I've known enough. I kind of know all I need to know. Or maybe it's waning at this moment. I pray, as for myself, for you, that our curiosity may be open to God. So, Lord, do that. May our curiosity, may we begin to wonder and ask. Amen. If there's anything that we can know about God, it's because God's revealed it. We don't know of God because we, took, we, have, because we have the intellectual advantage or we've, we've asked the best questions. What is known about God has been revealed. God's chosen to reveal it. And so God is generous to do this. God is revealing what God is like. God is showing it in time and in history and to us. And so let's be curious. I want to open with this story in Acts chapter 8. It's about the early church. It's about this, these early people who were beginning to know God through the person of Jesus, to fully understand what Jesus has done and who Jesus is. And so this is in Acts 8, and there's an early disciple of Jesus called Philip, and this is, picks up in verse 26. And Philip was in Jerusalem and then a whole bunch of persecution happened, and all, a ton of these early disciples of Jesus left Jerusalem. And everywhere they went, they shared about Jesus. And this is the story of Philip. And so it said, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road, the road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candrake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. 
Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, How can I unless someone instructs me? So he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. This is from Isaiah 53. And he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop. They went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. And so as we think about curiosity today, here's this man on a journey. Now, many of you know what a a eunuch is. A, a, A eunuch is somebody who no longer has the ability to procreate, to have children. Because their, I guess the, the physical term would be their testicles have been removed. And so he becomes a eunuch. Now, I don't know how this man became a eunuch. It doesn't tell us this. We know sometimes when you served other people that some were forcefully made eunuchs. And for all sorts of reasons, usually out of cruelty, but as a way of them uh, losing some power and, and other things. But this man was a eunuch. This is what it says of him. We don't know why, but we also know that he has this place of influence. And he's in Jerusalem worshiping. And he's from Ethiopia. And we don't know why he is there. But he goes to worship God. And in so doing, he is reading the scriptures. Now, he has a context. He has a story. Is it one that is sad? Is it one that is happy? I don't know, but it's filled with all of that. It's the same as us. You've got a story. And some of it is treacherous, painful, sad. And other parts are mysterious and wonderful and filled with opportunity. And the same with this person. They're in Jerusalem. They have worshipped. They come away with a scroll of Isaiah and they begin to read it. And at the same time this person is reading, God is on the hunt. The Spirit of God is moving and looking and pursuing. And this person is reading and is curious, the eunuch. Curious about what he's reading. Isaiah 53 is a text about Jesus. It's about the Messiah. It's about the the Lamb of God who comes in order for on this Lamb will be put the sins of the world in order to make others righteous before God. It's so clear for those who have been able to see it. 
And this person is asking, questioning, reading the scriptures. If you're curious about God, a beautiful place to take your curiosity is to the text, the revelation of God. It's a wonderful place to go and to ask questions. Remember the early rabbis would talk about the scriptures and they would say it's a 70, it's a 60-sided gym. You would take every passage and you could turn it 60 rotations and on every turn there'd be something new you'd see. There was never mastering a story. There was always more to see and more to learn, to be curious about and to ask questions. The scriptures are a beautiful place to go and to learn and to be curious, turning it and turning it. And in our curiosity, like in this text of Isaiah, and when this is put in Acts, when something is quoted in the Bible, when, some, when a story pops up again and it's referenced in one place, you should always go back and read the entirety of it. And so those of you who are wondering about Isaiah 53, but this powerful text, you've got to read the whole thing. When the Bible references an ancient story, it doesn't always tell the whole story. It's meant to encourage you to go back and see the whole thing. The scriptures are a beautiful place to be curious. Paul, when he was trying to encourage the early followers of Jesus in the scripture, said this. He said, all scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to be curious about something? You'd be curious about this. All scripture is God breathed. Some said they use language that it's inspirited. Inspired. That's active. Some have taken that so... Um, to such a way that, they, that even their physical Bibles they treat as um, holy and right, they protect it. The scriptures God breathed out of God's essence, breathes this out for us to be curious. Does that mean that it's easy? Does that mean that it's understandable? Well, absolutely not at all times. It can be confusing. In the same way that this man is reading and saying, who is this about? How can I know unless someone tells me? But it starts with being curious. It begins to ask these questions. Who is this about? He's reading the scriptures. So if you want to be curious about God, a beautiful place is in the scriptures. To go to it. Do you have a practice or a pattern? Are there stories that you're intrigued with? I, I don't believe you've got to go to the hardest places in the Bible to start. <laughs> and there's places that are harder than others. There's places in the Bible that are just lists of names for page beyond page beyond page. Now that's probably not a good place to go. There's places in the Bible that's a list of rules of ancient Jewish law. Great things. And great place for curiosity, but a bit harder. To understand because you need to understand first century Jewish law context. A beautiful place to go. The story's Jesus. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, stories of Acts, the early move of God's Spirit, stories of Genesis, Exodus, to go to the Psalms. Do you have a practice? It could be simple. But be curious. Be curious as you hold up this treasure and you turn it. Scripture is a great place to be taught, to be corrected, to be encouraged, to be curious. And they're a great place to be curious. It's just asking questions. And the, the Scriptures create that context of questions. It, it creates the stimulus in order that we'll be like, what is this about? Why is this in here? What are we supposed to do with this? What does this teach us about God? What does this teach us about others? All these are great questions to be reading. And in the same way as the eunuch was reading this story in Isaiah 53, I asked this question, who is this about? And the answer was about Jesus. And Philip opened that text and shared with him, this is who Jesus is. Being curious of great things to ask questions, 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 questions. What did you like? What's grabbing your attention these days? What's standing out to you on your pursuit of God? Ask questions in the same way the, the eunuch did. The, um, my Carmel, she, she had heard about this book. It's a series of books, and it, I think the first one was called A Kid's Book About Racism. And it was, it was a simple book that was just language in order to help a discussion and a guide. And the author and the group of people put out a whole series of them. And, and Carmel loves that kind of stuff. And so did we when we put material. And so she bought the, practically the whole collection <laughs> of them. And this is one of them, a kid's book about God. Now, again, the, the emphasis of this book is about curiosity and questions. I believe the person who wrote this is a Christian you can kind of tell by the way they're writing, language they use in here, that pull into the scriptures. But yet, it's for anyone who would be curious. Knowing there's lots of questions about God. Lots of answers for who God is based upon the tradition that you've been a part of. Or the learnings that you've been on, maybe with the family you grew up in. There's different sources to give answers for that. And curiosity is this beautiful thing to have in that. And curious about who God is is this beautiful thing. Questions are the things that open this up. And some of us are afraid of questions. Afraid to ask the questions. Really freaked out about people who have different answers. But this book says some fun things about these kinds of questions. Questions about God. The different ideas of God. Some people don't think God is real. For other people, it seems like God is the only thing they talk about. And for some people, they just sort of, sh they're kind of shruggy and in between, like they would rather just go to the dentist than talk about God. Right? What's up with that? No matter what we believe, shouldn't we talk about God? And they move on to this. What do you think? What do you think? Talk about it with people. Talk about the people you're with. What is God like? 
The point of this book was not just to give you the answers. And there are some answers, but we're all beginning to know. There are answers. This is, answers can be for another time. I don't even have all the questions about God. The point of this book is to get us talking. That's what curious is. It's our questions. To get us talking. To get us engaging. To get us close. To get us talking about super important things. What do you think when you hear that word, God? comes into your mind? What a great question, right? What do you think? Big bearded old man in the sky? A giant crazy, uh, a crazy giant carrying thunderbolts around and smiting stuff? Mother Earth? Great big nothing? And it's okay if you don't think of anything at all. But what do you think of God? In here is this great list of questions questions you're wondering. So here's a few, and here's all I want you to think. What questions do you have? Questions do you have about God? Maybe about the scriptures, about the stories you've read. Here's some questions. Who made the world? Who made me? Why do bad things happen? Like really bad things. Is God even real? If God is real, is God good? Does God care about me? What happens when things die? Does God have hair? Who made God? How can I live a good life? Is God watching me? All the time? Even when I poop? It's a kid's book. Who knows what is really true? Does God laugh? Does God cry? Does God ever take a vacation? Why doesn't God stop bad stuff? Why do some people say God has so many rules? Why can't I see God? Whoa, right? Wow. What beautiful questions. What good questions. What are you curious about? What questions do you have? They can be silly. They can be simple. They can be grand. So right now, turn to a person close to you and share one question. Would you be curious about God? What's one question you have for God? What's one thing, a curious question about God that you would have? And again, if you want to steal from the list, you can. Or if you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I got any questions. But just dialogue for a second. Do you have any questions? Be curious. Turn to somebody near to you and share one of the questions that you have.
All right, well done. Curiosity is fun. Can be. Debate is good. I, what I love about in this book that Carmel was sharing with me is that the spot where it gets from good to bad is when you become mean. That's when, curi- when, when, when you get mean about people's curiosity. You get mean in the disagreements. When love no longer f- fuels the discussion and it becomes anger or violence or antagonism but not love the essence of God is love yes there's debate and truth and answers but we're beginning to know so a place to go of the curiosity the scriptures the God-inspired word. The place to go with your curiosity. Questions into others. Asking them in the same way that the eunuch went to Philip and said, what do you think? What do you think about this? There's people we go to, and for many of us, we'll go to other people who've written on subjects that we have curious about in different books and articles and teachings because we're curious. And others will be face-to-face. Pull in others who are on this journey Pulling others who think differently than you. You can disagree. But take your curiosity and ask questions. Pulling others. But that's not it. Jesus in John 16 says this beautiful word. So one way we can be curious is we can actually listen to Jesus. That's what Jesus told us. That our curi- in our, with our curiosity, we could listen to Jesus. John 16, I love this in verse 12. He's saying this to his disciples. There is so much more I want to tell you. But you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. There is so much more that Jesus wants to tell you. I believe this was true of those disciples, and I believe this is true of you. There is so much more that Jesus wants to tell you. You turn the person next to you and just tell them, there is so much more that Jesus wants to tell you. And then, if they told you that, can you say, oh, I want to know the truth. And you say, you can't handle the truth. (laughs) Right? And then what Jesus is saying here, yeah, there's so much more I want to tell you. But not yet. Not all of it's going to come right now. You can't handle it right now. But what would Jesus say? I'm going to give a spirit. When the spirit of truth comes, the gift, the counselor, the spirit of Jesus 
will guide you into all truth. This is the greatest gift ever given. That's a, that's a big statement. This is an amazing gift ever given. The Spirit of God. Jesus said, oh, it's, it's to your benefit that I go away. I'm going to give the guide, the comforter, and this guide, this comforter will guide you into truth. This, will, this guide will tell you the future. This guide, the spirit of myself, will not say just what it wants to say. It will say what the Father's saying. It will say what I'm saying. This is what's given. Jesus said, I got more for you. And I want to give it. The spirit of God within you. In Luke 8, Jesus is saying the same thing. He's saying, oh, pay attention how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, to the teaching of Jesus, more understanding will be given. But to those who are not listening, listening, even what they think they understand will be taken from them. For me, when I read these texts about listening to Jesus, so I take parts of this really literal i love i i try to be in the teachings of jesus as much as i can jesus is my savior my teacher my guide and so i want to know the teachings of jesus when when they said they are disciples of jesus jesus was a rabbi a teacher and disciples of rabbis knew everything the rabbi said they wanted to be like their teacher and so for me, Jesus is saying, listen to what I say. Listen to so what I know what Jesus has said is from the scriptures. So I go back to those. What Jesus has said in the scriptures. And Jesus has spoken, and there's, there's words of Jesus captured in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Where his words that are captured in Acts, and also his words are captured in Revelation. These are the words of Jesus captured in here. So I want to know what Jesus, I want to listen Listen to Jesus. I want to ponder, ask questions of those things. I want to take hold of them. I want to discuss them with other people. And for, I have a friend who's challenging me on this. He says, well, if you think you're listening and you're not writing things down to document it, you're not listening. And so it's been challenging me to write it down and to write it down in a way that I can keep hold of it and go back to it. Listen to Jesus. In other places, that in this way, it says you have the Spirit inside of you. So there, I take a lot of my curiosity to God. So yes, we have each other, and we can learn from each other, and we can do this. But we have the Spirit of God, and you can take that curiosity, and you can ask God. You have the Spirit, if you have believed in Jesus and trusted in Jesus, you have the Spirit to guide and to teach you. Can you get it wrong? Absolutely. You can get it wrong. I've gotten a lot of things wrong. Still get things wrong. But yet, I'm beginning to know. And so in this journey, God is continuing to reveal. Are you curious? Are you curious about what the Spirit of God wants to whisper to you? Are you listening? You're writing it down. Are you sharing it with others? 
friend of mine says, oh, how beautiful it is to share with others the things you're hearing. Because if it's weird, weird like in a bad way, then your friends can be like, I don't think that's Jesus. Now, there's weird stuff that's really in a good way. And you think, you're like, wow, that sounds like Jesus. We need to listen to that. So how curious are you? My encouragement today is for you to take your curiosity to be curious in the scriptures. Do you have a pattern there? To be curious with your questions to each other. Be open, be silly, be fun, be small, be grand. Ask them. One of the big questions for me that I'm, that I'm curious about is communion. I shared that a few weeks ago. And I don't know what it is, but I like, feel like I might be missing some of this beautiful practice that Jesus gave us. So I'm curious. So I've been researching and looking to people who have written things and going to the scriptures to read those and say, what does it look like for us to be invited to that table Jesus would eat? So how about you? Maybe you're curious about what salvation really means and how that plays into, maybe you're curious about heaven and the afterlife. Maybe you're curious about hell and those ideas. Maybe you're curious about spiritual warfare and demons and healing and the supernatural. Maybe you're curious about discipleship and of all the nuances of Jesus' teaching, right? Take your curiosity and ask questions. Ask questions and dig in and pull other people with you. And the final one, be curious and allow Jesus to teach you through the Spirit. This is a gift. It's for you. It's for everyone. From those who feel like they're small in stature to grand in stature, Jesus said, you will need no one to teach you but the Spirit. It gives us each other. But it says the greatest gift is the Spirit. Listen to the whisper of Jesus. You will begin to recognize that voice. I believe if you're reading the, the teachings of Jesus, you'll recognize that voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice because they recognize it. There's a familiarity, familiarity to it. May that be. Holy Spirit, would you awaken our curiosity? Maybe want to know, have greater intimacy with you to find joy in that pursuit. Thank you for your scriptures. If our hearts have been closed to them, if they've seemed hard, if they've seemed filled with conflict, and so we've been afraid to go there, would you take us by the hand and lead, them into it, lead us into it? Maybe we've tried before and we didn't like what became of it. Draw us into that and teach us, Lord. Thank you for the revelation that you have given and written in the scriptures. Thank you for others that you have given us for this journey. We can ask questions and, and for the witnesses who have gone before us. I'll let our curiosity drive us into community, into connection with others. Holy Spirit, come. Let us listen to what you're saying about the future, about your teachings, about everything that you want to reveal to us, the more that you have for us. May our ears be open and we create space 
So the Lord, come even in this space and whisper, shout, grab hold, and pray. Amen. So let's be curious. If you're looking for some people and you feel alone in that journey, come, come grab us. Throw it on a digital card. Pull somebody in and say, I, could we read the scriptures together? Could we begin to discover God? Could we come together with questions? Could we set a time just to be together and ask silly and hard and big questions? Don't do this alone. Start pulling together. Do this. Invite others. If you're hearing things from the Spirit, tell somebody. What do you think of this? That's what I think I'm hearing. Bonnie was even saying that in the testimony time. She's trying to be open. How beautiful. How encouraging. I hope you hear that and you're like, wow. God, Bonnie's open to this and God's starting to do stuff because of her openness. As Jesus said, to those who are listening will be given more. I have more for you. And I believe it leads us to life. And may we long for it. May we be open for it. Amen. This, uh, we're going into, this is the fourth Sunday, we're going to go into, we've got, we've got some opportunities here in the lobby just to serve for a few minutes together. And we need your help. And we're going to need your help over the next few weeks as we're serving. And so if you're here in person today, we know that we've got some things that can be set up uh, we're setting up the areas for people to, that they're going to be living in for the next four weeks. They've got some dividers, and they've got some bedding, and they have some things in order to add to some dignity and a space and a place that says, here's where you'll be. Here's a safe spot. Here's some security. And so we're going to set that up. Those, those things are here for us to set up, and we need a few hands to help us set it up. We also have some note cards on some tables, and there's a limited number of guests. And we, were, we had some people who put together just like welcome care packages in the same way if you go to a really, really nice hotel and they give you things. Like you're a VIP guest. How beautiful. And people have put together these, these kits and these cares to say, you're important, love that you're here. We have some cards where somebody was like, just wanted to be like, I'll write a note. So if you do that, I want, to, I, I want to encourage you in this. Be curious about what God might want to say to them through you. And you can just ask this question. God, what do you want to say to this person that I don't even know? Because here's what I'm beginning to know of God. God loves you, us, and the people that are coming into our building. And wants to meet you and meet them with words of life. And so maybe God will whisper to you some inspirited words to write on a card that would meet the soul of another human and make them curious. Maybe they would hear that and believe that God was speaking to them, loved them, find hope for 
today. Hope in the midst of mental illness. Hope in the midst of maybe extreme chronic pain they're experiencing. Hope in the midst of broken relationships. Hope in the midst of poverty. Hope in the midst of addiction. Hope in the midst of struggle. And so we have some note cards on there. And, and so we, we, I invite you, sit at one of those tables and write a note. You don't know who the person is, but ask God what to say. We also have some blankets out in the lobby. Those blankets will be the blankets that people are using. They're in blue bags. And then I want to invite you, if you're here and you, and you love to pray, you want to pray, to walk and just to pray and to take a hold of a bag that has blankets in it and to pray, to touch it, and to ask for God's blessing, to pray in a manner to say, oh God, meet this person. Let your mind be filled with faith and hope and ideas for good gifts for the people, to pray blessing upon the people who use that blanket, for them to meet God, be warmth of God, to give them dreams at night. You can pray for cots and touch. So we want to pray, we want to serve by moving things, and we want to write notes. If you're like, oh, I can't do any of that, then go to those QR codes and sign up to serve in another way. So we got to, as we're together for the rest of this time, let's step out to the lobby and serve. If you need to go, grab your kids, do so. I don't think that any of this will take a, a ton of time. Austin is here to help, to help directing us. And Austin, are, the, are those mats and stuff right here in the doorway? They're already in South Hall. So if you want to help set up those sleeping areas and those dividers, you can go right down. So you just walk this way down into the South Hall area, down those steps into that fellowship hall area. That's where people are going to be sleeping uh, and eating. And so go down there and you can help with that. If you want to do the writing of the letters, there's the small circular cafe tables. They're out there in the lobby. You can sit at them. If you want to pray, just step right up there into the lobby with the blankets and things, and you can just begin to grab a hold of those and pray. And if you're looking for chances to serve, go to the QR codes, sign up there, and then we'll go. Sound good? Thank you guys who are on Zoom and on Facebook. God bless you. And for those of us here, let's worship in action.